0: Hey guys, apparently my weekend off is not to be, and that's okay. I, I'm really okay with that. Um, I, I just wanted to bring you some updates on some of our breaking stories this week. Um, I'm, I'm of course, coming to you live from the Drunk Gossip Studios here in New York City. Um, so yesterday you got two episodes because there was just so much happening yesterday. Um, Normally, for those of you who don't generally follow gossip or, um, don't cover it, I just want to tell you, like, there's a cycle. Just after the new TV season begins is usually a busy season. Um, between, uh middle of July and the beginning of September, it's usually very slow. With a couple of days of heavy gossip, um, usually just before Labor day, so this has all been just not something I'm used to during this period. Um, I had scheduled um, some writing things. I' been working at a new business venture, so it was really, really just crazy that how everything happened. Um, so th- there's all that, and I want to thank you guys for listening. Um. Thank you for helping me with my experiment. We cracked ten thousand listeners, um, this week for the episode yesterday or Thursday. So thank you guys so much for all that. Now, getting to the good stuff. We're gonna do an update on Demi Lovato. Um. Apparently, she's doing well. She's gonna be released from the hospital, and word is still that she's. The plan is for her to go straight to. Rehab. Um, people are so concerned that it's not going to work, um, and Blind Gossip uh, ran quite a few solved items where, um, she, one of the first times she was in rehab, um, it, it didn't really work because she, she was there and then she would be taken out so she could make appearances so that no one would know when she was in the rehab. Hopefully this time it's different because we all know she's going to rehab and we all know she really needs that help. Um, YouTube, which premiered her documentary, um, Simply Complicated, is working on a new documentary with her. Um, they've put that project on hold indefinitely. It was supposed to premiere, um, later this year, but they've pushed it off until 2019. And all they said is that they really hope that she gets better. Um, within the first couple days of... Simply Complicated being streamed. It was streamed more than 8 million times. Or what would be the equivalent of one of the most successful documentaries ever. Um, you know, right now, that title goes to RBG. Um, and Can You Be My Neighbor's right there with it. Um, but documentaries aren't for everybody. Um, so the fact that she was able to created one that is resonating and that um that resonates with people and was very successful i think says a lot about her um and we're gonna stick with the youtube theme and move over to pewdiepie um he has the most successful youtube channel with 64.5 million subscribers. He is probably the very definition of a YouTube star success. He's also a douchebag. He has made racist and um, anti-Semitic and just horrible, horrible jokes. Well, he joked about Demi Lovato. Um, he created a meme where she was asking for money for a hamburger and then went and bought drugs with it. And the backlash... I You know... Most of the time I don't cover YouTube stars because... I, I don't want to say they don't have talent, but they're just not my cup of tea. I'm sure they're all very talented in their own way, and they are creating content for people to consume. But I don't really consume anything from YouTube. Except for music videos. So, anyway, so... Um. But yeah, he, he created this meme and then the backlash. There was such an immediate backlash that he had an apology ready. And he was like, I'm so sorry, you know, blah, blah, blah. I didn't realize it looks like, bullshit. You are a bullshit liar there, sir. Someone overdosed on heroin or meth or whatever she overdosed on. And you're going to claim you didn't know? No. Mm-mm. That doesn't fly with me. I'm sorry. It just doesn't. It really doesn't. But what does is, I'm going to go make me another screwdriver. You know, calcium. Yes, Mandy. I know you can't get calcium from orange juice. Just don't tell my doctor that. I'll be right back. Hey guys, I'm back. Um, we're gonna talk. We're gonna continue with the theme of offensive people, and we're gonna talk about. Um, Roseanne, she, uh, yesterday we talked about how she did the Sean Hannity interview, and how bizarre it was, like, just really, really crazy, and she, I don't know, like, it's like she's lost her ever-loving mind, um... And we talked yesterday about her having multiple personalities and whatnot. Um, Mandy asked me if she was integrated. I She was. I don't know if something made her break or um, what's going on with her at this point. Um, but the Ladies of the View talked about um, Roseanne's apology. And Joy Behar surprisingly stuck up for her fellow comedian... And, and so I think she's being really sincere. Um, you know, I, I, I believe her. And Meghan McCain was like, no, uh uh-uh. And they were talking with Rabbi Shmuley, who is the one that interviewed Roseanne first and um, continues to work with and guide her. And he was kind of more blasé about it all. Um, He was... I don't want to say he was um, very anti, but he was very much like... Yeah, you know, she's never exhibited racism or bigotry or anything like that. And Meghan McCain... Here's the thing, I, I never in a million years thought I would agree with Meghan McCain about anything. You know, I know she's more moderate and not really um, hardcore conservative Republican, but I, I just, you know, whenever someone sits in a conservative chair, I always think I'm going to disagree with them. Um, but she was like, she, baked, she dressed up as Hitler and baked little gingerbread cookies that looked like Jews. Pre-girlfriend, yes. Now, I get that it was satire, and as someone who writes satire himself, I understand. However, there's just some lines I believe you don't cross. That's one of them. I just don't believe you cross that line, and she crossed it. And I know that people are going to argue with me and say, "Well, you know this Saturday, the other thing, bullshit." That is bullshit. Okay. You can't dress a pickup and call it a woman. She might be one of those self-hating Jews. I don't know, but you don't agree to do something like that. There are certain boundaries you don't cross. Um, I'm really disappointed that no one pointed out that she called um, Susan Rice um, an an ape with low-hanging balls. But the fact that someone pointed out that she did dress up as Hitler and and that, that someone was Meghan McCain makes my heart happy. Because it means that she's not getting away with this bullshit. Um... And Roseanne herself kind of, um, like, she's not helping her case about not being racist when she says stuff like this. This is a direct quote from her. I was afraid to go out, and also because when you're called a racist and you live in on, on an island full of brown people, it's kind of terrifying. Who the fuck thinks that's okay to say? Oh my god. I need this woman to shut up. I need just no one else interview her. Let her go back to her banana farm and live her existence without any media. Because she has lost her every love of mine. It's not that you were called a racist, Roseanne. You are a racist. And you just proved it in that statement. Because if you were not a racist, you wouldn't have called them brown people, first of all. And secondly, if what you said wasn't racist, you wouldn't be afraid to show your damn face. And my face needs some, some alcohol in it, so I'll be right back. And I'm back, guys. Sorry, I get really worked up with with that whole Roseanne thing because clearly it was racist. Um, but I'm calm now, and I just... Before we get into this next segment, I just want to let you know um, that the next two segments are about Les Munoz. But, um, I'm going to be focusing on the other two people, um, that are in the saga with Les. Um... The first up is going to be his wife, Julie Chen. And then uh, the next one will be Ronan Farrow. Uh, The reason why I'm, I'm doing that is because... Well, what Les did was bad. It's these two right now that are making the headlines. And, um... Really, um, forming the narrative. So... If you guys don't know, Julie Chen, who is the host of Big Brother, Celebrity Big Brother, and um, co-host of The Talk, is married to Les Munez. Um, And they've been together for 14 years. Or they've been married for 14 years. Uh, There's a little bit of a scandal, though, because Les was married... And then two weeks after his divorce was final, he married Julie Chen. And a, every single article that I've read about um, Julie Chen has brought that up um, in, in regards to the lesbianist story. I don't know quite why that is. Um, and And I fully anticipate her... Um speaking on this on the next live show the talk, which I believe is Monday. Um but since I don't watch I'm not one hundred percent sure. They could be on hiatus at this point. Um But I, I do I do really expect them to address this issue. Because it would be too too bizarre if they didn't. Um so here's what Julie Chin had to say. Um And this was released on Twitter and, I believe, Instagram and also Facebook. She said, I have known my husband, Leslie Munoz, since the late 90s, and I have been married to him for almost 14 years. Leslie is a good man and a loving father, devoted husband, and inspiring corporate leader. He has always been a kind, decent, and moral human being. I fully support my husband and stand behind them and his statement. You know, I didn't expect anything else from her. And I don't mean that in the mean way like I normally do. But she's kind of in this really weird position now where she had to put out a statement. And if she went against her husband, that ultimately would have led to the breakup of her marriage. And um, put her in a really embattled position. On the other hand, she could have said nothing. But people would have taken that as a sign of her not supporting her husband. So a statement of support was really her only way. Um, And her PR team seems to be top-notch. And the fact that they didn't release it to um, any media sources and went directly to the fans with um, Twitter, social, um, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and whatever other social media they release it on, I think is is very telling because they don't want to they don't want to fight through. I mean, she could have easily done um, an interview with one of the CBS personalities. She could have done she could have asked Oprah to do an interview with her for sixty minutes. And, and I mean it, it's still a possibility. Let's not pretend here that's still a possibility. But by foregoing these traditional routes and using new media, I think she's sending a message that she doesn't want to deal with reporters at this time. And even though she, every move she makes, every, um, every statement is going to be dissected, she's. She's really clamping down and not. She's resisting without resisting. Essentially, is what I'm trying to say. And I can no longer resist my urge for another screwdriver, so I will be right back. I'm back. Are you guys ready to talk about my boyfriend? Uh, my journalistic boyfriend, Ronan Farrell. I know, like, some of my listeners don't like him. I know, at least one of my friends, um, he admits that Ronan is very attractive. <laughs> um, but he's. He's such a Woody Allen fan that he believes that Mia Farrow has just brainwashed the kids to not want to speak to him. And, you know, we had a conversation yesterday um, about the um, Allen Farrow family, and it it's just such a saga. Like, I, I kind of want to do, um, like, a play or, or a miniseries about it because they're just so fascinating to me. So Ronan, if you're listening, please send me an email at edanderson00 at gmail.com. Thank you. Uh, um But so Ronan Farrell wrote this article on Leslie Munez. Um and Six Woman came forward and accusing Munez of um inappropriate behavior. Um forcible forced kissing, forced touching. And one of them has said, um, and I I don't know if if I caught her name, but basically she said it was all very calculated. Like they knew exactly, like he knew exactly what he was doing and had done it before. Um, so, Ronan was on Aaron Burnett's out front last night, and he had this really, I don't want to say great quote, but here's what he was quoted as saying. What's so significant here is you're dealing both with an individual who is at the top of his game and on whom many other powerful people depend on for their livelihoods, and also a corporation that is at the apex of our culture. That shapes our news, that shapes our fiction that we consume. And as it turns out, in many facets of the company, we do say that there are are a string of examples manifested in litigation and complaints inside the company where people said... This happened to me, too. This wasn't just Les Munes. This was a culture of protecting powerful people. What's, what's significant here is not these very dis, uh, disturbing details, but this seems to be a part of a pattern of retaliation. And, I mean, so, what we've learned so far... Um, aside from the whole Me Too movement, I just want to put that to the side for a second. Um, what we've learned so far about these Me Too stories is that there are no, um, almost every publication that's worth its journalistic salt goes through a stringent, a stringent verification phase. So Ronan could have very well wrote this piece six months ago, and only the New Yorker just only now got the okay to run it. Because, first of all, no one wants to be sued for liable. And more importantly, no one wants to bring someone down without evidence. And that's what we're seeing here. Um, Everyone wants some evidence. and and they're getting it slowly and surely they are getting it um you know this is just one of those things where Ronan really put in the time in the investigation and it, it's really paying off and he's right it is you know what we're seeing and um, you know, CBS was at the center of a... Um, again, it was a mini-scandal, but they had no diverse leads. It was all straight white men for a very long time. And this that was for the dramas and the sitcoms. Um, and, and then they started diversifying a little bit and whatnot. But there was... Um, this quote is what I think is very important here. Um, Ronan said, "Taking down Les Munos is not what's important about the New Yorker story. It's bringing to light like, these kind of stories, which I think will resonate both for women and for women and men in many industries. And that, and then he continued to say that he would never use his position with the New Yorker um, to harm anyone's career." these people are harming their own damn careers by acting like they're owed sex from men or women or both nobody is owed sex you know I don't care if you've been married for 20 years and you feel like your spouse should be putting out if they don't want to they don't have to marital rape is a thing saying no is an option for everybody and let's not forget that I will be right back. And I'm back, guys. So, this... We're doing a blind item. Um. And... But it's not really a blind item. At least, not really. Once you hear it, you'll understand what I mean. Um. This blind item comes... Um. From... a uh, Comes to us from our friends over at blindgossip.com. It's called... They Do Not Want to Save the Date. Um... It obviously, it's about a wedding, hmm, who could that be about? Let me read it for, to you. This wedding between two celebrities could be taking place sooner than anyone thought, and his family is not happy about it at all. His family is in a panic because he's keeping them at a distance and spending all his time with his fiance. Now he's talking about date as being so important to him that he wants to share it with his fiance. His family thinks that might mean that he is planning to get married on that date. The family is really worried about his decision making. He's done a lot of dumb things in the past year, so they definitely don't think it would be smart for him to try and use the calendar as an excuse to rush into marriage. And, like I said, if if you're not sure who that's about, just take a wild, wild guess. Okay, it's obviously Pete Davidson and Ariana Grande. Um, There were just multiple stories throughout the last week or so about their wedding date being August 4th, 2018. Now, why is this important? Because if you write it out, it's 8418, which happens to be the number of... Um, Pete's dad, um, fire um, firefighter badge. Um, and there was a whole controversy surrounding that, where people didn't think that. Um, Pete should be giving, the, um, the badge to Ariana Grande, especially when he gave his ex a replica of it. Um, you know, it, to eat your own. They're, they're, they're grown-ups-ish, I guess. I mean, they can drink and vote. Like donuts. So, you know, more power to them if they want to get married. Um, adding fuel to a rumor that they're getting married um, on August 4th is the fact that it falls on a Saturday this year. And, of course, Saturday is a big day for weddings is you know if they if they do get married that means and this is not an exaggeration that they have been dating for less than 2 months before they got married i'm not saying it can't work out but i am saying they're dumb for trying this and i'm not sorry about that I, a lot of people didn't want gay people to get married because they thought it was going to ruin the institution of marriage. But straight people can get married two months after they start dating, and we're all supposed to applaud that. Sorry, this fish ain't biting. You know, um, I had a talk with a, with a friend the other night about relationships, and, and she made a really good point, and, and I do agree with her that sometimes you know you love somebody five minutes after you meet them. That's fine. I get that. I wouldn't marry somebody after dating for less than two months, though. I mean, given my family history, that's not... That's not really all that surprising, but... um, Just me as a person, like, leaving the family history out of it... There seems to be this rush now where you have to be married. You have to being single is cool being in a couple is cool like you don't have to rush out to get married just because you think it's the end thing to do you know nobody was rushing out to have anal sex when the gays said anal sex was cool okay maybe they were i don't know i wasn't alive then but you know what i'm saying like just because gays can do something or gays say is cool, it seems like everyone else has to jump on the bandwagon. Take your damn time, get to know your damn partner. And thank you for taking your time to listen to me. Um, this has been another episode of Drug Gossip. I don't know, um, depending on if, if if stories keep breaking like this, if it does, then I will be back, um, either th- um, tonight or tomorrow with a brand new episode. If not, the Demi Lovato full report will be out um, within the next few hours. I'm also thinking about putting together a full report on the Leslie Munez story, um, but that will come probably tomorrow. Again, thank you for listening, and cheers.